The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. So right now, though, I want to talk about retrofitting. We mentioned it a little bit earlier in the context of our conversation about house prices. So under the National Retrofit Plan, the government hoped to improve the energy rating of 500,000 homes by 2030. And since that plan was launched, there's been no shortage of complaints and queries and conundrums raised by different people. Well, Brendan Dolan has been through it all, the entire process from start to finish, the highs and the lows, and he's with me now. Brendan, you're very welcome to the show and it is good to talk to you. Um, So we will begin at the beginning. Why did you decide to go down this road? Thanks, Kieran. Well, predominantly to save money on our household bills, uh, but also we've been looking at trying to reduce the carbon footprint of the household for a number of years. We were early adopters of EVs and we've been looking at things like solar and heat pumps for a long time. And the only reason I hadn't jumped into it before now was when I looked into it first seriously four or five years ago, trying to get all the trades together and become effectively sort of a QS or a project manager. It was just too complicated. So when they announced the idea of a one-stop shop system back in January, I was like, right, that's now worth looking into. So this was, yeah, just to remind people, uh, the idea with this plan is is that you pony up a certain uh, amount of the money up front, the government subsidised the rest, and you can go through a one-stop shop, a single individual or business or company or service provider that will do all this for you or certainly set a, a certain amount of it up for you. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's very like if you were, you know, commissioning a builder to do a big extension or to do a big project, you would have a primary contractor and they would manage all the trades. But, you know, if you were trying to sort of improve your home's energy efficiency or reduce its carbon footprint, there was nobody out there really offering that service as a sort of an all-in. And so the government said, look, if you do this through a one-stop shop provider, we'll, we'll give you more grants. And uh, I presume they, that incentivized companies to, to declare themselves to be one-stop shops mm. and to put the effort into actually managing it. So what was that process like then? You decided you were going to go down this road. You'd yeah, uh, uh, January. Co- co- cobbled together whatever money you needed to have mm, as well. Mm. And then you went looking for a one-stop shop provider. And, th- and, this, and this, this is the challenge. Is that it was before the war in Ukraine happened. But it, it was back in January. We were sort of getting our, our ducks in a row and seeing how we do this. And so I contacted everybody I could at the time who was on the one-stop shop list, list with the SEAI website. And also anybody else who was saying online that they could do it, which was around 12 companies. And uh, it, none of them responded. <laughs> so it took until April for one, or for one company to respond. And, and it was just, it struck me that there was just so little capacity in the system. Um, but also, and this is one really handy thing for people listening to be aware of, is that I started by, by contacting these one-stop shops saying, just help, sort me out. But in fact, the first step I should have taken was to get my own BR assessment done, to get a full, you know, uh, nuts and bolts rating of how bad the house oh. is as a starting so, point. So it's not, re- it's not really that. a one-stop shop. You've got to go and well, do a few and bits yeah. and pieces first yourself. And that is, and that really is, I mean, this, this all came out of a, a Twitter thread I posted on this. It's a great system. There's very few times the government gives you free money, and this is one of them. But there's only two things that I think they need to work on. One is that it needs to be clearer that you've got to start with your own BER, uh, because that tells them, okay, this is what our rating is now, and therefore we have to improve upon this. Uh, and secondly, because there's so little capacity out there at the moment, it was really hard to find a supplier who would give the time to not just look at that search and say, okay, it'll cost you X tens of thousands to fix it, but to actually come out and sort of say, okay, what do you want and how much money mm. do you have and, how, and what's your willingness to cope with mess and then how can we tailor a solution to suit that? So it took you know nearly six months to find a supplier who was 
not just sort of offering a, a sort of prescribed formulaic approach, which was frighteningly expensive. Uh, and until one we sat down with and said, look, you know, we don't want to have the house torn apart. We will be living in it while this happens. What do you recommend doing? You know, okay. and, and that's and that's how we got to the solution we got to, which is still great. It's just, again, what's interesting is there's a lot of talk about heat pumps and they're an amazing piece of technology. Yes. They basically use very little power to give you heat and hot water and they're fabulous. But if your house is as old as ours is, and ours is only sort of 1970s, the pipes in the floor won't be able to cope with a heat pump. They're just too narrow because they're used to a big gas boiler pushing lots of hot water at high pressure. And a heat pump is lukewarm water at a low pressure. So you effectively have to tear up the entire house to get rid of all the old pipes right. if you're going heat pump. So you, so you didn't go with heat pump? Because this is, no. I think in, in, no. in, in Eamon Ryan's vision and everybody else's, people like you would absolutely go down the heat pump road. I mean, and, there's talk, there's I mean, talk of even is, if you were doing this in a few years, they wouldn't let you do it unless you yeah, go down the heat pump we, road. We actually have replaced the gas boiler with a gas boiler, uh, but, it's, but it's a more efficient one. But I suspect we'll, we'll, we'll be the last wave of people who'll be allowed to do that. Uh, but we are now what the SEAI calls heat pump ready uh, because we now have a much better insulated house and we have shed loads of solar panels. And therefore, in 10 years time, when the dust settles and our, our uh, kind of willingness to cope with builders again is back, <laughs> probably it's something that we'll have to put up with and get the heat pump done. Although, interestingly, from the Twitter thread I posted two days ago, what people are saying is, look, the issue is that people in Ireland are used to your hot water coming through water, which heats metal things in the room or heats your floor. And in fact, we need to be moving towards a continental model where you have, you know, ducts on the wall or the ceiling which blow hot air or cold air, depending on the time of year, because they're much easier to fit. So I suspect in 10 years' time, that's where we'll get to. Uh, And uh, again, the one-stop shop, did they deal with utility companies for you? That's the big gap as well. And this is a really interesting one, and this should be easy to fix. So uh, we had one project manager from our one-stop shop, and he's brilliant, and he's really helpful. And, you know, you just ring him and say, when's this happening, and when's that happening, and who's on my door this morning, and he tell you. Except for when it was contacting Gas Networks Ireland or ESB Networks to move the box or to clip the wire to get ready for work they had to do. Only we could do that because we're the householders. And they and the those two utilities won't let anybody except the householders give them instructions. And that was a right pain, to be honest with you, uh, because that was actually one of the reasons that our, our start date was kind of a bit delayed, because trying to get them to move to a response to... In, in our case, literally move the, the gas meter out a foot so we get the insulation behind it and clip the ESB connection to the house so that they could work around it when they're putting on the cladding. That took a very long time and a lot of effort and lots of phone calls. And the ESB networks in particular in Dublin, now we, we pushed nicely and very politely and so we sort of got on a cancellation list and got it done in six weeks. But they tell you when you book it, the average waiting time is 20 mm. weeks. Uh, I- it strikes me listening to you, uh, uh, Brendan, that you know there are pluses and minuses to this. I mean, overall, probably a positive experience. You've got a very highly energy uh, rated home. The government gave you free money uh, to help you get there. But there are kinks in the system that need to be ironed out. Let's put it this way. It's the old omelette break an egg scenario. I mean, you do end up with a much warmer house that costs much less to heat. And that's good no matter how you look at it. Uh, but there are a couple of easy easy things that you'd like to see happen so that they take away some of the friction. And I think the key thing would be to get the utility providers to play ball with the one-stop shops because for some reason they don't seem to want to, or at least they don't seem to be able to. Maybe it's a GDDR thing, I'm not mm. sure. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, other than that, it's just a case of like all these 
household improvement projects. You need to grit your teeth and get ready to be organised yeah. and get ready to accept a bit I, of chaos the, in your life. The, 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 the other thing as well that we haven't really mentioned, we've skirted around, is that you, I, I, I talked about you cobbling together the money. You were lucky enough to be in that position. Yeah. You know, you do, that's the other criticism of this, is you need money up front and a lot of you people do. maybe you who do. are living in older yeah. homes and they don't have the cash, this is no good to it's them. A really, it's a really interesting dilemma because we know that this has to happen to the entire housing stock in the country and it has to happen relatively fast. And what's great about this scheme is that if you're on, if you're on a relatively uh, chunky list of social welfare benefits, it'll all be done as part of that. So if you're at that end of the spectrum, you will be fully funded, which is just brilliant. And equally, if you have COVID cash floating around, uh, then you can probably cobble together the money you need to cope with the bulk of the, of the costs. And mm. then the government gives you the, 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 the uh, grants. But the bit in the middle is quite tough. I mean, just before I spoke to you, I was looking online to see what sort of rates you'd expect to, to borrow. And there are special rates if you're getting this kind of work done. But it's still, you know, a significantly higher rate than you pay for a mortgage. It's 5 6 7%. And the terms are quite short. It's 10, you know, sort of 5, 7 years. But you're talking for the average house somewhere between thirty and 60000 to get this done. And so it's a lot of money you yeah. have to grant to try and fund. And if they want to do the whole country, you really have to think, can they be more revolutionary and look at something like, you know, 20, 25 year terms, zero interest loans or near zero just to get this work yeah, done? Yeah, to, to, to cover those people caught in the middle. Listen, Brendan, it's been really interesting getting the perspective of somebody who's been through it, uh, start to finish, highs and lows. Uh, and there's a lot to be said for the uh, scheme, if only they can work through some of those problems. Brendan Dolan, um, there, who did recently retrofit his uh, home. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.